Hello everyone and welcome to Sweating the Small Stuff, a show where we explore the details that make our world richer. I'm your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer Jamari. Today I'm joined by Samantha Spears. Hello. Now say, I have a very important question for you. It is a question that has plagued me my entire adult life. Where do spaceships in Star Wars come from? What do you mean, where do they... I literally... Like, like you think they're... You think someone birthed them? Yeah, I don't like, know. do two spaceships get together and make out, and then you get a Y-wing? No. No, seriously, though. If you look at it, like, I get that the Empire gets to have, like, TIE fighters and Star Destroyers and stuff, because they literally owns the mean... They control the means of production. Like, they just do. Like, in all the movies, like, they are the supply chains across the galaxy... That keep the galaxy aloft, then there's like no reason rebels should ever have anything. Like, like it would be one thing if this was like guys running around with like they stole Chevys, I guess, like old broken down Chevys. But like this is like, like all the good guys, quote unquote. Well, not even gonna call them good guys and bad guys. All the imperial people apparently just drive around in, I don't know, let's say Fords and Mustangs. And all the resistance fighters drive around in Fiat's and Volkswagens. Why is it that the good guys and bad guys have their own, not, it's like not even their own colors, it's their own brand of ship? Well, I mean, didn't the latest Star Wars film kind of explain this? <laughs> totally... that whole scene in there about like arms dealers that dealt to like both of them. So we're on nonsense made up gambling planet and we steal a ship and that guy is an arms dealer who sells TIE fighters. Why does he need to sell TIE fighters? I imagine that they are doing a good job manufacturing their own TIE fighters as part of, like, <laughs> the Empire needs way too many TIE fighters for it to make sense to, for them to go to, like, the Costco of TIE fighters and bulk <laughs> order those things. Well, I'm I'm sure it was supposed to be that they bought parts for it, but, like, you know, they had the full picture there because us as the audience wouldn't get the, oh, like, we wouldn't know what a TIE fighter part is. Like Wait, you see a you random know, lug wrench. You don't understand that TIE fighters have heat can have the heat radiators so they can have accelerated firing. You don't know that. You no, don't know Cameron. About their, you don't know about the ion plated um, flight wings that allow for them to have omnidirectional movement. You don't know that. You're you're just making this stuff up. I'm actually not. <laughs> Part of this is based on that one of many 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 Star Wars games. Although for a short time I did play the not cool Battlefront two, the more recent one. That was a dark time. But we I all think, make mistakes, Cameron. Yes, but DICE made the biggest. Wait, was that DICE or is that just EA? I know that it was, was EA. EA. But I don't remember who the other... This is a question for another time. The point is, like, if the First Order is as hotshot guys as they think they are, how are they not just, like, going and make Like, it, it would be one thing if it was like they got their hands on these ships. They have to fix these ships at some point. This is crazy because it's not just like they have X-Wings. This is the Mark II X-Wing. This is some guy decided that not only am I going to continue to sell this to the Resistance, I'm going to make it better. <laughs> I'm going to make it slightly better. What you have is a ragtag bunch of engineers and mechanics that are able to construct things from different parts. And I'm... What I envision it is that it started as them getting a bunch of junk parts and other things from all these distant planets and all these other trading outposts and things. 
and they got all these parts and they made these really weird junky put together starships and then it started working and then they started requesting the same parts over and over and someone found a business plan but that's the other thing is like because this is like also speaks to a bigger thing about the star wars universe which is like it doesn't seem like anything is manufactured like it actually the only time we ever see things being manufactured is in star wars episode two and they're literally manufacturing droids and clones and, like, just battle droids and battle clones. Like, where do more astromech droids come from? Where did, like, I don't think we've ever seen a TIE fighter assembly line. And we've seen, like, mining planets and stuff, right? That was, like, the entire point of Solo is just, like, yeah. look at all these mining planets. We don't have much to talk about because this is Solo. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. We, we've never run across a TIE fighter manufacturer like factory <laughs> and like they're gonna need a lot more of them after what happened in episode eight when they like used a light speed drive to blow up the entire first order fleet like they literally destroyed like almost all the ships that's that's a catastrophic failure on par with taking out like that i'm trying to think of like a real world facsimile for that that's like the 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 storms that made the Persians have to turn back the first time when they want to go conquer the Greeks. That's a thing. <laughs> that happened. I know my history. Xerxes wasn't chill about it. So they came back. I don't know where we left off. <laughs> we were talking about how we'd never seen an actual factory. And the thing is, they're as excited to get into the expanded lore as I am. Oh, there's a cat up here. This is a banshee break. She's looking... right by the mine. Oh no, this is both the best noises? and the most dangerous thing. Banshee. Banshee meow for us. Don't, Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do it. Oh, this isn't going to work. All right. You regal fiend. Ooh. Don't eat my bottle. No. Go away. Go away. Goodbye. <laughs> Banshee break over. Yeah, no. In the expanded universe, they talk about like where all the stuff comes from, comes from like... Uh, I found it very obnoxious that in Solo he is from Corellia, but he that's not where he gets a Corellian freighter from. Wait. That, that home planet of his, if I recall, is Corellia, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be some sort of manufacturing place. And, like, I think at some point you might see, like, a Star Destroyer shipyard in the background. Like, I don't know. It's just obnoxious to me that the Millennium Falcon was obviously manufactured somewhere on that planet, and... He gets it later from Lando in a hustle somewhere else in the galaxy. It's a bad manufacturing model to make only one of something. Beamer doesn't make just one three-series car every time they want to roll it off the assembly line. You don't just make one Plumbus, all right? Plumbuses have a factory assembly line set up to guarantee maximum Plumbus to house ratio. There must be other Millennium Falcons flying around the galaxy. And obviously you would have more X-Wings. Like, the fact that there are multiple X-Wings, not just the one X-Wing, is more plausible to me than the fact that there's the one Millennium Falcon. And even... I will appreciate... So, like, in the expanded canon, the reason Darth Vader has, like, a very unique-looking TIE Fighter and... What's his name? Boba Fett has a very unique-looking Slave One is because, because Anakin was such a pro at being a mechanic, he built... Like, he was like, I'm going to take this bomber 
like uh, engines and put it on this fighter body and it'll be super fast. And then Slave 1 was like, they made a bunch of them and they're supposed to be really good prison transport vessels. And Boba Fett or Jango Fett was like, that's cool. That one's mine and I'm going to blow up all the other ones. Except it wasn't like he just blew up the one. He... He like it's like him going to BMW and saying, "I want that three series. I'm also going to blow up all your other three series. I'm also going to go into your database and delete every blueprint for this specific model three series, so I'm the only one." Which was making a real pain to get replacement parts. Oh, Banshee Break, Banshee Break Two, baby. <gasps> we got it. We got it. The show's over. We can finally end this charade. This is all a goof to get Banshee to meow. You heard it here, listeners. The meow from the most regal cat there will ever be. There will ever be. <laughs> there will level be. <laughs> That's right. So I the small stuff. A front for your banshee needs. <laughs> no! She did it. She knocked over my water bottle. The future is now. All right, banshee break over. <laughs> All right. Well, before you went on that little rant, which was very informative, actually, I thought of a crazy idea of what if what if the rebels start off where they had some traders and manufacturer like they gave them some rudimentary blueprints and were like, you know what, I need this stuff. And somehow they did this in secret, secret. And then they manufactured all of it. And then either that turned out great or they just went there and stole all of it. It actually makes a whole lot of sense because, okay, first of all, the Rebel Alliance, as much as we like to think of them as the heroes, they're objectively a terrorist organization. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, this is like... I hate to draw parallels to terrorist attacks, so I won't. But blowing up the Death Star is pretty much one of the worst... Like, I'm sure we can all think of something in recent history that can equate to a terrorist attack on par with blowing up a space station the size of a small moon. <laughs> Don't stress your brains too much. Oh my god. But that makes perfect sense is that you would like trick them into building like some supplier into building a bunch of ships for you that you either steal or are subverting the manufacturing processes that the First Order already uses or that the Empire already uses. There's like that would have been fine, except like like you would expect their thing to be like a knockoff that's not as good as the thing the other guys are getting, right? Like, yeah. like, you would expect that if I went to the TIE Fighter factory, it's like, I want you to secretly build X-Wings. You would expect the X-Wings to be okay compared to the TIE Fighter, at least on par with the TIE Fighter. You would not expect it to be drastically better than the TIE Fighter. Because, <laughs> like, TIE Fighters are the bread and butter. Like, TIE Fighters, TIE Interceptors, and TIE Bombers are, like, the bread and butter of all the fighters that the Empire have. And pretty much all of them suck. Because they don't have shields. They don't have hyperdrives. There's literally, like, no reason to have a TIE fighter. Other, like, I imagine the pilots who fly them know that they are just going to die. That their sole purpose in life is to get into one of these flying kamikaze bombs and just count the seconds until they explode. Yeah, but isn't that the whole point of the Empire? It's like a numbers game. Yeah, but... I, uh, it's and, like, like, it would be really, I'm guessing, really expensive to have all the expendable people to give them nice stuff. Yeah, but you have, like, okay, I think literally in, like, every single time we see them raid anything, they're, like, 10 X-Wings. They're only, like, 10 X-Wings. They all have shields, though, which makes them infinitely better fighting TIE Fighters. <laughs> TIE Fighters, they're, like, 100 TIE Fighters are shooting X-Wings. 
So why? Where was this dynamic coming from? Who was the guy who was like Tie Fighter Shields? Nope, not 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 getting it. Yeah, but these are also the same people who decided that all the Empire can't shoot well. That's true. Although I could go into a lot of different theories about that. So is that another episode? Is that a segue? <laughs> Ooh, this could be an interesting thought. I'll just say this much. Stormtroopers aren't actually that bad at shooting. They're being told not to shoot, to kill. Because if you have a ragtag resistance group, is it better to keep killing them or is it better to catch them and interrogate them? Aww. For another time. Back to this one, though. TIE Fighter Violets are actually really good at their job. Like, the TIE Fighter is designed... Man, I have spent way too much time obsessing over this one thing. Because I can tell you, like, how TIE Fighters are designed to fly. And it's kind of a brilliant, beautiful technology that NASA itself right now is trying to figure out for interstellar travel. Because TIE Fighter stands for Twin Ion Emission. It literally is an acronym that refers to the fact that, like, those hexagonal wings on either side of a TIE Fighter are ion emission plates that can spit out ion emissions omnidirectionally. So a TIE fighter is designed to like not only move in any direction, like you might expect a quadcopter, mm-hmm. but they're, expl- they're like expressly designed to like flip around and do like hard turns and stuff so that they can do crazy maneuvers and get in behind people. Oh. Yeah, so... There's, like, an argument to be made that, like, they might not have shields and hyperdrives because that would make them too heavy and make that part of them less beneficial. But in space, that doesn't really make sense, especially when, like, that giant wing surface is already doing so much work for you. You can't put shields on it, too? Yeah. Do shields add weight? Like... I don't know how shield emitters work. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm amazed that I know more about... (laughs) The, like, crazy 3D sound system they use on these starships than I do about (laughs) the crazy emission system they use for figuring out how shields work. Like, the shields seem like magical kind of force fields to me. That is a beautiful observation because in episode 8, like, people were so hyped because they finally explained how space battle makes sense. And then they immediately unmade it. Then they immediately made it not make sense anymore. (laughs) Because in the movie, like... They're trying to, like, run away from the Empire, right? Mm-hmm. So they're constantly keeping them, like, at a distance where I guess they're trailing behind them. Which doesn't make sense because, like, then other Star Destroyers could just, like, jump in front of them and, like, now they're surrounded. Ha-ha. I- like, there's no... Like, you guys can go faster than light. They cannot go faster than light. What is this thing I'm looking at? The fact that, like, Kylo Ren, like, they're shooting those blasters, right? And they... And as they're flying away... Like, the blasters that are coming off the First Order ships are, like, hitting a shield mm-hmm. and not blowing up the ship. But, like, Kylo Ren and his little other TIE fighter buddies get in there and they start, like, shooting, blowing up the hangar and stuff. They're able to do all that with less powerful weapons and ships. And so this was actually a big thing that was, like, pretty much every large ship in the Star Wars universe is expected to fly with an escort of smaller fighters to prevent that exact thing from happening because if there are a bunch of fighters that can get too close to your ship they can like actually being able to hit the ship at close range is really easy with just laser fire and missiles and for some bizarre reason the first order and the empire decide that the best place to put the bridge was in a big tower on top where it would be really exposed (laughs) 
That's smart thinking. That was the same, yeah. You want to have your bridge where you can just look out and have a full 360 view, Cameron. Come on. That. It's just genius. I will give you points. That actually makes sense in terms of a, I need to check, but in space, you need 360 in two different axes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, like, you get 360 on top and maybe, like, 200 degrees from, like, bow to down past the stern. But after that, you're not getting a lot of gains. Like, you need a second observation deck underneath. <laughs> it would make more sense if the observation deck was, like, a ring around, like, the middle of the ship. Ooh. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I should be allowed to design these starships. You're just bitter that you didn't design these ships. Yeah, because they would look dope. <laughs> it would have been like I would have gotten, like if I was helping George Lucas with the original set, I would have gotten like a pizza box and cut it into like a pizza wedge shape mm -hmm. and then cut like two of the leftover plates, paper plates into a circle and put it around the pizza box and that would have been observa observation deck. And I would have been like, boom. There you go. And the Death Star battle will never happen because everyone will be in awe of my cool-looking Star Destroyer. I'm smart. <laughs> People can't see this, but I'm pointing at my head because I'm smart. Flexing those brain muscles. Oh, my. Ooh, oh, my. Look how hard I'm flexing uh... these brain muscles. You've never sounded more disappointed in your entire <laughs> life, and I've heard some pretty disappointed groans. All right. I think that wraps up this discussion. I guess. <laughs> so, in conclusion, we've gone to no consensus and we've gone nowhere actually i think you gave us the best consensus which is the resistance either bribes or steals ships that they somehow trick other people into making see i'm the best Woo! that's true anyway thanks for listening you can find us on instagram and twitter and facebook at small stuff pod or you can email us at small stuff pod at gmail.com your personal brain trainer, Cameron Buzarjmer, reminding you that from movies to media to the world around us, it's the small stuff, or darn it. <laughs> it's the small stuff, guys. Beep, 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 beep. Oh my god, yes. I want to end on that. But no, from <laughs> movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. Yeah.